You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear. Can you feel? Here with the love tonight. Jason Shear, <laughs> who is singing, and he has been singing the Can You Feel the Love for at least all weekend long, because clearly he knew things that everyone else didn't know. And he asked me, what movie is that from? <laughs> and I was like, uh, The Lion King? Hello. <laughs> So, um, obviously, we're all very excited. Jason is excited to be able to tell people um, that we have big news. Can I, can I say it now? Or? Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, Arizona out. received a commitment from Caleb Love transferring from North Carolina. Do you like how I said received and not gotten? Because I did. I, every time I say Shelby, uh, every time I say Arizona has gotten a commitment, Shelby yells at me. I do, because it's it's just lazy English. It is it proper? Sure. There's always uh, a better way to say gotten. Yeah. Per Jim Bruningcan at Flying Wells High School, so shout out to the principal of Flying Wells High School, who was my English teacher once upon a time. Honors English teacher, in fact. And he did not allow us to say got. Okay, well, maybe this marriage was lazy, Shelby. <laughs> Anyway, back to the big news. Caleb Love, big deal. Um, was this expected, and how did it all play out? I'm glad you asked that question. I am too. <laughs> I read it right off the page. Um, it depends how we define expected. Now, if you remember, Caleb Love was ready to go to Michigan. Sorry. <laughs> Shelby's throwing out trash as we record. Uh, Caleb was ready to go to Michigan. He had committed. And I don't know how this happens that late in the process, but somehow Michigan didn't really check his credits and said, oh, you can't transfer. I don't know what the issue was with the transfer credits and all that. Um, you know, years ago, Arizona football used to not take, and I don't know if this is still the case, but they used to not take D's from JUCO guys and other schools did. And so, Arizona actually had a tougher time once upon a time. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but um, it is a little surprising that he was able to get into the Harvard of the West, Arizona, when he didn't get into Michigan. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, strict academic standards are just, they differ a little is bit. Is it the grades or the logistics? I think it's actually not the grades. I think it's something with credits. Uh, I don't know the details. It didn't take a certain class. It didn't transfer cleanly or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Michigan has had a whole ordeal with that in the past. Caleb Love actually wasn't the first one. I think they've had some issues with football. Um, I know Colorado football is another example. 
Dion came in and said, oh, no, we have to change this now. And so, like, they changed all JUCO requirements for Deion Sanders. So it is differing um, with transfers and JUCO and all that, whatever. Uh, you know, and, and I have to admit, you know, I I heard pretty quickly after the Michigan ordeal that Arizona would get involved. Uh, it surprised me a little bit because Arizona wasn't as involved the first time around. Um, but it was obviously more involved now. Uh, Caleb Love committed at dinner uh, Saturday night on his visit. Heard about it Sunday morning. I actually thought there was a chance that he would commit um, the previous week. I had heard that it was looking real good for Arizona. So someone asked me when I wrote the article, and I think I wrote it like a week ago, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I, uh, I actually sat down and wrote like four articles pre on Caleb Love and others. Um, so did that. And then it was a matter of, okay, we know he committed. Now, where is he going to go now? Is it going to be where he visits Texas and Arizona has to kind of hold off Texas? And I think Mike Luke posted on the message board that it was a Kashaw Johnson situation. Um, Arizona, you know, Kashaw Johnson basically committed on his visit, wanted to visit Kentucky for whatever reason. Um, you know, anytime you visit Kentucky, you're not really committed, right? And so... Caleb Love committed, but if he visited Texas, who knows what would have happened. Um, did not visit Texas, and uh, and the rest is is kind of history. Um, Steve Robinson had a part in this, but at the end of the day, you know, Tom, I've said this before with recruits as well. Tommy Lloyd makes these decisions, and Tommy Lloyd signs off on it. And there was a good word put in with Caleb Love's trainer, and Tommy Lloyd had some people that stood up for Caleb Love and all that. Steve Robinson, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Caleb Love is a member of Arizona. Bear down. There's a lot of happy Arizona fans out in the Twitter world today and on the Wildcat Authority message boards. Uh, what was your initial reaction to Senior Love's commitment? You know, I'm not sure I could think of a recruit that I was so torn on. Usually I'm pretty like, I like this guy, I don't like this guy. And I make up my mind pretty quickly um, you know, you could change your mind, whatever. But usually I'm pretty steadfast. Caleb Love, I am completely torn on. I absolutely understand. We'll get to this in detail in a minute. But I absolutely understand why Tommy Lloyd took the commitment. You look at Arizona's offense before Caleb Love's commitment, and you kind of say to yourself, okay, who scores? Boswell, we're assuming his numbers go up. Um, but how much? We don't know. Jaden Bradley isn't a, a huge scorer. We don't know what he's going to do. Pella's never been a, a big scorer. Kashaw Johnson, we assume he's going to score more at Arizona, but he hasn't in the past. And Umar puts up some solid numbers, right? Right. Off the bench, we don't know what the international guys are going to do. So who, when, when the going gets tough, like the Princeton game, for instance, who's that guy that's going to go out and take a shot and get you a bucket or have the ability to get you a bucket when you need it, right? And that guy is Caleb Love, and that's why Tommy and I completely understand that aspect. There's also the aspect of there were games where Caleb Love did not shoot well. You know, we, we excuse some shooting performances because they're kind of surrounded, like the, the tournament a couple years ago where he killed UCLA and Duke, awesome. But we ignore the St. Peter's game and we don't really pay attention to the national championship game because it was the national championship, but he shot five of 24, 
which is insanely bad, right? Like five of 20. If Kirk Kreese shot five of 24, he would be run out of town, right? And that's whatever. And, and so, you know, to me, I, I look at the, the positives and I get why Tommy took him, but I also think it's, it's a big risk. I think that you could make an argument that when you look at the rosters that Tommy Lloyd has put together, including this year's, last year's, even the additions I made, whatever, the biggest risk that he has had at Arizona is Caleb Love. There's absolutely a high ceiling for Caleb Love, but there's also, uh, it's a high risk, high reward, right? It could work out really well, or it could work out really poorly. And so my first reaction was, it's a risk, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily thrilled with it. Like, I, I think there's, you know, Jaden Bradley to me was fine, Nemhard was understandable, whatever. Um, this one to me is, is super risky, and that's, that's kind of why I'm torn on it. Okay, I'm going to interrupt the podcast for a second. Excuse me, sir, can you turn your phone down? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, okay, well, it seems like we're doing a wait-and-see approach. Well, there's no waiting. He's here. Well, we're going to wait and see him perform on the court. And maybe you'll like him a little more. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. I may grow to love him. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to bed. All right. Um, Well, if everything goes well with Senior Love, what will it look like? And yes, I am going to keep calling him that. Well, it's because I said if everything goes well with love, what it will look like. And I'll tell you, we know what that looks like. You know what I'm saying, Shelby? It Sh- looks like three points. Shelby, Sh- what? It looks like scoring. Three? I sco- no, threes? Scoring? Uh, I was trying to I'm thinking a, basketball. I don't know what you're thinking. I'm thinking a different... Okay. Um, anyway, I don't know what's going on. So, if it works, what does it look like? Very simple. You have a guy that becomes more efficient... I, I have drawn the comparison to Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr at Minnesota was not efficient. His first year at Texas, he was not efficient, right? His last year at Texas, he was awesome. His percentages were up across the board, right? Change of scenery, adaptation of coaching, whatever it may be, new coach, new scenery, boom, that's the kind of guy you want. If Arizona can get a Marcus Carr type of season out of Caleb Love, it is a victory, all right? Doesn't matter, I don't care about the number of shots. So here's the things I look for with success. Here's how I would define success. Number one, Arizona goes 
relatively far in the tournament, right? Has a nice season. Caleb Love is a legit part of that. Number two, he's able to coexist with Kylan Boswell and Jaden Bradley. You're going to have three guys that expect shots, right? How do they coexist? How do they play together? If they play well together, if everything's great in the locker room, that's a success. If Caleb Love buys in when Tommy Lloyd holds him accountable, like, hey, you didn't defend that possession. Remember, this is the guy that benched Azulis Tubelis in some, in some games because he didn't defend at the end of games. He will not hesitate to bench Caleb Love. Now, Caleb Love is coming from a situation at North Carolina where I'm not even sure Hubert Davis raised his voice. He definitely didn't hold him accountable. And to Caleb Love's credit, he has said in interviews and his trainer has told people and dad and all that that he wants to be held accountable for what may be the first time in his college career, right? And Tommy will do that. He's going to learn. Right. So he is held accountable by Tommy and he responds well. Okay, I'm not going to put numbers on his name in terms of, well, he's only successful if he averages 18, 6, and whatever, right? Plays within the offense, his efficiency numbers are better, buys into everything, gets along with his teammates. It is a win for Arizona, in my opinion. And someone that can gel with everyone is super important because character seems to be something Tommy recruits as well, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, if it doesn't work with senior love, what probably would go wrong? So everything I just said, take the, the opposite. opposite. So Caleb Love isn't necessarily a bad locker room guy. Like Armando Baycott has spoken highly of him. His teammates spoke highly of him. I think the games that kind of wore his teammates out a little bit or maybe spark some disagreements, let's just say, is when you have Caleb Love shooting six for 19. Those type of games. Like, there's not a lot of guys in college that'll take that many shots per game. And you have a Kylan Boswell who, you know, I don't want to say he had shots taken from Kerr by Kerr, but it, it wasn't the best situation at times, right? And so when Caleb Love goes 6 of 20, and it do, if his teammates react poorly, it that's where it went wrong. If Caleb Love is a 38% shooter and his efficiency numbers don't go up, that's where it went wrong. If he doesn't defend or if it's super inconsistent, that's where it went wrong. So you just basically take the opposite. He doesn't become more efficient. He doesn't buy into the system. He shoots Arizona out of games. It's all possibilities. I have a feeling that we're going to kind of get an in-between. Like we're going to get some bad Caleb Love games where he kind of reverts, but we're going to get some great, you know, 6 of 12 games where it's like, oh, I mean, this is perfect, right? And we're also going to get some 6 of 18 games. I think that's just the way it is. Hopefully you get more of the 6 of 12 or the 7 of 13 or whatever it is. Um, but what went wrong is basically the same player you saw at North Carolina last season is the same player you come and you see at Arizona, um, and it just doesn't mesh well because there's certain ways that you have to play in a Tommy Lloyd offense. You have to be willing to move the ball. You have to be willing to, you know, find the right shot. You have to be willing. Everyone talks about offense with Tommy Lloyd. You have to be able to defend and put effort. You don't have to be a great defender, but you have to be able to put effort on that side of the ball. If Caleb Love isn't able to do that, uh, that's where it probably went wrong. All right. Well, um, how do you like the fit with the other guards on the roster? TBD. 
right? Like Kylan Boswell, you know, you're you're going from a to a, a bench role basically to a much larger role. Um, you're going Jaden Bradley is is a different type of guard than Arizona had last year. Now you're putting him on the court at the same time, probably, probably, maybe, right? We don't know the starting lineup. Uh, I do think that Caleb Love is different in his ability to create for himself. Boswell, we think, can do that. We don't have a ton of proof. Jaden Bradley can create, but it's a different kind of create. It's getting into the lane and kind of passing. He's not a big-time shooter that we know of, and he wasn't a big-time shooter in high school either. He's just he's a little bit different. I wouldn't call him a bad shooter. It's just it's not the biggest part of his game. Um, to me, that is probably the, the biggest question is how they all fit together on that roster. I, I get it. I think it can fit. But again, you know, without repeating myself over and over again, there's risks. You know, can you have an offense where Boswell gets 10 shots, Jaden Bradley gets eight shots, and Caleb Love gets 18 shots? Will that work? Or is it an offense where they're all getting similar shots? Or, you know, it's, it's how is that going to work? And I, that's a concern. But it's also like Caleb Love hasn't necessarily played in a similar backcourt as this in a similar offensive system. Tommy Lloyd will be the most organized and best offensive system and the one that suits Caleb Love the best. I think we're going to see skills from Caleb Love that we didn't see at North Carolina in terms of his ability to create for others and come off screens and all that. I I think it's going to be very different there. Um, I do think he could fit well, but there's things that have to be done in order to kind of make that work. Some honing, as it were. Honing. All right, well, ideally, what is the starting lineup that you want to see? So I'm going to write articles on the pros and cons of a few different lineups over the next few days. I know there's one thing you're going to say that we've talked about tonight. What? About people who are not having Kylan Yeah, starting. so I, look, I've actually asked people close to the program, what's the starting lineup? And I, I can't get an answer. <laughs> like I'm It's a little this, early. It's a little early, probably. And maybe it's going to be a competition thing, or maybe they're going to talk to Pell, whatever. I do not see a scenario where Kylan Boswell does not start. Nope. Like, one of the reasons why Kirk Creasy is gone is because, quote, we're handing the keys to Kylan Boswell. Like, to me, that is the, a lock. Um, the biggest question to me with the lineups is, it, are you going to start Bradley at the two, Love at the three, and bring Pella off the bench? Or are you going to start Caleb at the two, Pella at the three, and bring Bradley off the bench? Me, personally, I would do the last one. Me, too. I would have Boswell as your starting point. Caleb, I like Pell's defense, overall rebounding, physicality, whatever it may be. I know people are, you know, a little inconsistent. He's the polarizing. Good for him now because Caleb Love is going to be the polarizing guy. But I like Bradley off the bench to be able to slide into that point guard position because it just, I, I think it gives you a little more guard flexibility um, in the sense where if something goes wrong in the backcourt, now you're kind of sliding guys over as opposed to who's that spark off the bench that's a guard. So I like Bradley off the bench. Um, if he's willing to do that, I don't know. He did tweet that he was pumped about Caleb Love or whatever, or Instagram did. And, you know, I'm sure that these are conversations that have happened with these players. Like, it's not going to be like, we took Jaden Bradley. Hey, Jaden, we promised you a starting position, and now you're not starting. That doesn't happen, especially with Tommy. And so I'm not, I don't know if he was told he would start, uh, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I would be shocked if Caleb Love came off the bench. I think he's a lock. So it really comes down to 
uh, Pella and Jaden. Me personally, I'm, uh, you know, and, I, and I've talked to other people that said three guard, Pella off the bench if he'll do it. I'm different. I, I say Jaden Bradley off the bench. But that to me is, is a, a very, it, it looms large, that storyline of who's going to come off the bench. Is Pella willing to do it again? Look, if Pella's a super nice guy and says, you know what, coach, bring me off the bench. If you're Tommy, you're hard pressed to be like, no, I refuse. Like, you're starting. So uh, I, I think that those conversations may still have to be had, and um, we'll find out. And I will say, it, compared to last year, it is very clear that there's, at the very least, we could say there's a ton more versatility to this lineup. Options. Like, you could play Kashaw Johnson at the three at times because of his defense, and you put in Morauskas figuring everything good with him at the four, or, you know, you, you put, you know, there's Pella at the four. Like, there's, there's ways to get your best players in. At the end of the day, it's who finishes the game, and, and that'll be the biggest thing. Yay. Well, this was a great day, obviously, for Arizona. Men's basketball. Um, we do need to give a quick shout-out to Arizona men's baseball. Yeah, that was, uh, that I mean, was literally the last team announced. Last team. pick. Um, look, at the end of the day, um, it is, you know, they were playing good baseball, and you know, I, the RPI to me has always been, I hate the RPI for college basketball, and they used it to a T with college baseball. They basically went down the list and said, your RPI is higher than this team and this team, you're in. Doesn't matter if you were below 500 in conference, um, and, and so that's why Arizona got in, and it's a it's a hell of a regional with TCU and Arkansas. Yes, it's but, stacked. But um, you never know. I mean, it's uh, college sports, anything can happen. You just, your bats, your pitching gets hot. And all of a sudden, things change uh, in a hurry. Yep. So we're really proud of Arizona men's baseball. They will be playing uh, on Friday. TCU, TCU, 6 o'clock. TCU, 6 o'clock, local ESPNU, time. ESPNU, I think. And it's going to be great. We already have plans to, we've already told kids we are eating in. Maybe it's pizza. I don't know. Something easy. But we are not missing the game. And then also, we're going to do another one of these later tomorrow, today, May 31st, because uh, I believe... Uh, Arizona will be announcing Conrad Martinez. And so we'll, we'll break down his game once it's official and all that. There's no timeline on Morauskas. He's still playing. Got to love Lithuania. They actually do their version of the playoffs that Morauskas is in. They do a best of like three, I think, maybe five series for third place. Wow. So everyone gets it's a like trophy. It's like the Olympics. Everyone gets a yeah. trophy. So I, I did, when I said I posted a seasons over the other day because I just assumed who does a third place series. Well, they do it in Lithuania. And also, if you haven't seen, shout out to my guy, Kirk Kreisa. Kirk Kreisa. Who's getting that NIL money for West Virginia and did an ad for whatever it was from a sheep farm in Estonia. So yes. go to his Twitter and watch that video because it's hilarious. All right. We will talk to everyone soon with some more great news about Arizona men's Can basketball. Can you feel I love that movie. It's from... What is it? It's the Lion King. Right. Love you. Bear down. All right. A lot of, there's a lot of talk about TV, so I'm going to do a little confession. I have never seen an episode of Succession or Breaking Bad in my life. Me either. Boom. Done. Also, FUBAR is one of the worst shows. We made it through four and a half seconds. You try to watch it. Can't watch it. Maybe we'll try Succession. Maybe. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 
Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.